Welcome to Season 6 of Farmer Trainers Podcast, Episode 26, published on February 27th, 2024. Amazing that we're ending Season 6 already. Just seems like it uh, wasn't just a couple months ago we started the podcast. Now we're next week will be Season 7, so stay tuned for that. we got something special for you there. We're part of the concealedcarry.com network of podcasts. And in this episode, we'll be talking with Alicia Garcia about diversifying your income streams. Help us reach more instructors by sharing our podcast and giving us a five-star review in your podcast application. So sit back and relax for another informative episode of the Fireman Trainers Podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Fireman Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. Remember, if you're a certified instructor, you can apply for FTA coverage, certified through USCCA, certified through NRA certified through other national trading organizations or your police department, you can apply. Remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTB10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com Firearm Instructor Network. ConcealedCarry.com is always looking for quality firearm instructors across the country to join the network. As a network instructor, you can take advantage of ConcealedCarry.com's advertising platform to fill your classes. Visit class.concealedcarry.com and click on instructor to learn more and see if it would be a good fit for you. Again, visit class.concealedcarry.com for more information. We bring you this podcast, support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Alicia Garcia with Boomstick Babe. Thanks for coming on, Alicia. Hi. This is going to be a fun interview. <laughs> appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Can you give our listeners a little bit about who Alicia Garcia is? Yes. And how you got into so, the industry? You got it. Uh, hello. Hi. My name is Alicia Garcia. I am a Colorado native. I live in Denver, Colorado. I am a firearms instructor. I'm an RSO. I'm a huge Second Amendment advocate and civil rights activist. I am the plaintiff against the state of Colorado against the three day waiting period. I am suing them for that. And I am a gun person. I am 100% gun culture person. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast because uh, you and I passed each other during uh, uh, Kevin Dixie's Train to Learn last year. And uh, the more I found out following you on Instagram, the more I realized that you were an instructor, a person in the gun industry that would be worthwhile to come on the podcast, talk about uh, your background and what you do. Thank you. And you know what? I, I want to, I apologize for that if I didn't spend enough time or, you know, have enough time to share with you. I really do my best to make everybody feel acknowledged and welcome, especially at train and learn, because it's, it's a place where I want you to feel welcome mm -hmm. and I want you to feel important. And I want you to feel like you, there is enough, uh, one-on-one -on -one time with everybody, but, uh, we had a very unique year last year. And there was a lot going on. I was also, you know, helping staff as well as participate. So mm -hmm. it was a, there was a lot going on, but I really am glad that you came and I'm really happy to be here. Yep. Well, as the listeners can probably tell, you're probably about the sixth or seventh person we've had on from train to learn. And, uh, awesome. it was definitely worthwhile, um, because I've had so many well, uh, seasoned instructors and diversified, uh, type of, uh, training that people do to give, uh, instructors a really good taste that, uh, even if you're like me and can't 
get around to talking to everybody, it is definitely worth your time to go out to the train to learn event and make, um, make those industry connections. Because one of the first questions I got for you is you've got a very diversified income because not only do you do training, which a lot of the instructors do, but you also do some other, uh, income streams. Can you explain those, uh, to our listeners? Uh, I am a serial entrepreneur, so that's what I do. Um, I have like a, I designed a whole bunch of different gun empowerment, uh, freedom style t-shirts that I print and press and produce and ship out that can be for purchase on my website. I do gun fittings and gun trainings. Obviously I'm an instructor, but that's not the only type of class that I teach. I teach situational awareness. I teach a, I give uh, what I call my guncierge treatment. That's one of the businesses that I have is the guncierge that if you are a gun person and, or you're interested in becoming, you know, more involved with guns, but you don't know where to begin, you can hire me and I will take care of everything for you from, uh, certifying you in training, coming to you to do that training, setting up the training, bringing you a selection of handguns and firearms to choose from that you can shoot with me. I provide the ammo. I provide the targets. I provide the hearing protection. I'll give you a personalized gun fitting and training from, you know, beginning to end down to the, I'll give you a link to Palmetto State Armory or whatever affiliates that I have that I could work with to give you a very, very, the probably the most affordable price for the equipment and stuff that you need. I will build your range bag for you. I will take care of everything. I also, um, gosh, what are some other things that I do? Um, I have a lot of affiliates. I work a lot with affiliate codes. So for example, if you go to my uh, Twitter account, my X account, I've only actively used Twitter since probably October 1st or October 2nd. And I went from, I think, 280 followers on X to I have about 4,600 followers now, which but from October to right now, that's pretty substantial that's growth. Great. And that's all organic growth. I don't buy services. And what I do there is I'm, I can be a lot more vocal and I post a lot of affiliate links for items and, um, you know, things that I use personally in my life that I can promote those products while you see me using and demonstrating them in the videos that I'm doing. That way, if you want to buy those products, you can buy them from my leaks and I get a commission from those sales. It's not a commission that the uh, consumer pays. It's through a program that helps build those affiliate codes that I take a percentage from the manufacturer or from the company. So that's another way that I diversify my income. Um, I also do customize you know, stuff and swag for people in the industry that I work with, you know, so for example, train and learn, I did all the shirts for train and learn. Kevin hired me and said, Hey, these are the things that I need. Take care of it. And I take care of everything from printing it, plotting it, designing it. If I have to, sometimes I also have great friends, like for example, the logos and stuff for train and learn, those are all done by Pete of Carolina mm -hmm. custom foam. So he takes that part out of it for me, but the graphic design, I can also option for that. And then create your branding and logo material and print and press it and ship it to you. I'm thinking what other things that I do. Um, I have my hands in a lot of pots. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do a yeah, lot of uh, appearances. Like yeah, like I, I do a lot of appearances. If people want me to attend their range days or promote the, the range days that I'll be attending, I get paid for those promotions as well and to make those appearances. 
Oh, geez. I mean, um, how, how long have you been doing this? Because this sounds like, you know, you got 4,600 <laughs> followers since, uh, since October on X, uh, the old Twitter. Um, how long have you been doing all this kind of stuff? Because obviously you didn't, you didn't wake up yesterday and decide to do all this stuff. Probably only been doing this a good two to three years, uh, effectively. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've always been involved. Like I've, I've always loved guns and I've always loved gun culture. I didn't really start running at it hard until my dad died and my dad died about eight years ago. And, you know, I, I just started really getting into guns by myself because my dad was my gun buddy. He took care of all that stuff for me. He, you know, bought the guns that we shot. He, you know, everything was taken care of by dad. You know, I'm daddy's special, you know, girl. And so when dad was gone, I got to do it all by myself. And I realized all of the things that were missing in this industry because this industry was very archaic in the way it treated and it still does treat and engage women as a, as a shooter, as a shooter, as a, as a force in this industry. And what people don't realize is women are the ones that spend the money. You know, women are willing to buy what they want and get what they want. Women are a great consumer. And Mm -hmm. if you market towards women properly in their language, you're more likely to get a loyal customer out of that person. So I was seeing there was just such a lack of representation, not only in how people engage and take women shooters seriously or the lack of them taking us seriously and the sexualization of women, but also marketing and gearing products and training towards women. Mm -hmm. So I saw a need and I filled it. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the two biggest areas growing are in the you know, female segment and in the minority segment. And, and I, I got would, those covered. Yeah, you got <laughs> you got both those covered. And uh, I I go along and tell instructors all the time. I mean, if you want to really you know help your brand, um, we'll talk about it from a brand perspective. Engage those communities because once you get in there and people you know understand that you aren't just a you know fly by night operation that you do good customer service that you engage you're concerned about it um, you can have a very good steady stream of customers coming back over and, and over again and uh, yeah everything coming out of uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation tell you you know minorities big time up women big time up too. the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the old, the old guys, um, they've bought their guns. They've got their training. They're not doing as much as all these, uh, new groups are. So as instructors, we got to pivot and start focusing on these groups. And, you know, when we're talking about, you know, since you're, we're talking about diversifying income and those types of things, the best investment you can make is in yourself. If these things that are important to you that you want to do, you have to have that mindset that you're going to enrich yourself in, in your abilities to stay you know, knowledgeable and present and relevant in what you're doing. And the best investment that I did make in myself is attending Train and Learn many years ago. And I have been a loyal attendee ever since because of how much that event gave to me, not only to me as a woman and me as a human being, but me as a business as me is uh, a network and creating a syndicate of people in this industry that we help each other flourish. We support one another. And you also have, you know, friends. And when we're talking about business, 
the reality of life is you cannot trust a lot of people, especially when it comes to money. When it comes down to who is going to support you, invest in you, who you can count on financially and who you can count on to maintain a quality reputation and have representation as well is difficult because a lot of people, not in just the gun industry, but in business, it's a dog eat dog world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's no loyalties to you. And a lot of these people that you see, you know, on the interwebs, you know, on these, on these platforms, they're fake. That's not who they are. That's what they're selling you. It's an image. It's an idea. It's a brand. And for me, you know, I want to make money. I want to eat, you know, I want to, I want this to be a living at the same time. I want you to understand that I'm a person. I'm not just a brand. I'm not any of these things. This is a mindset. This is a, a way of life for me. And this is really who I am. And I want people to have that personal experience. So it was very important to me to wake up and realize that because I, I learned that at train and learn. I learned how to navigate those things and to have that, that big perspective. And it, that was a real kick in the pants for me. Like, Oh crap, I better get it together. You know, mm -hmm. th like this is, th there's gotta be more ways. And you know, with these laws that are coming about, they're making it more difficult for instructors to maintain businesses in this industry. And the last thing we want is the government dictating to you how you protect and provide for your family. So we have to be uh, in that entrepreneurial mindset that we can still promote guns and we can still live off of guns and still protect our rights. There's, there are ways to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going along and, uh, yes, some, some of the things that are being proposed, in at the federal and local levels, uh, really, really, uh, impacts people's ability to train people's ability to, uh, to enjoy themselves. I mean, just yeah. exercise their two, a rights is what it comes down to. And, uh, I don't know. Well, I do know why politicians tend to, you know, stigmatize guns the way they do, because it's the, you know, it's the default to go along and activate their base. It's as simple oh, yeah. as that doesn't, doesn't matter. Fact doesn't matter to them. It's just, as soon as you say guns, all of a sudden you their base is going to go along and, you know, take them all away the where they don't really realize the use, the benefit, the, um, you know, what a gun does for a minority, for a woman, different things like that. I mean, it goes back to, you know, Samuel Colt that, you know, he, he, you know, he went along and built the Colt, uh, pistol that went, went along and time he said made all men equal but i think it makes all citizens equal you know in today's world if you if you are a law-abiding citizen and carry a gun there aren't a whole lot of people no matter what their size are that can go along and you know victimize you without you being able to defend yourself back oh i've i've been carrying a gun a really long time and it is it truly is a necessity and i think people have become so so inundated with that fear-based mentality as you just said about if it has to do with the gun you know the anti-gun what people aren't realizing is that they're using that design 
to take away more than just your Second Amendment right. They use these laws to infringe on your First Amendment right, on your Fourth Amendment right, on your Fifth Amendment right. They, they're using these guises of, oh, guns are bad, to sneak in legislation that also infringes multiple freedoms at once. And mm-hmm. because we've created this society of, oh, guns are scary, you know, I'm doing the right thing by supporting this gun control, they've, they've won. They've won your fear and they've won your support and they've guised you into giving away more than just your right to self-defense. They've given you given away your right to search and seizure, your right to due process, your right to privacy, your right to speak your mind. These are the other things that they're taking away in these laws. And the the stigmatized people that are just so shell-shocked with fear are happy to do it. They're happy to do it. And the sad thing is they won't realize that until they start coming after them. Well, one of the things I use in in everybody's uh, memory, recent memory, is the pandemic. When you went along and you had had crime going on and you had police departments that were not able to respond quickly and such. And the question you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do? for those 15 minutes or 30 minutes until police arrives. If somebody's mm-hmm. breaking in your house. Now you might mm-hmm. go along and say, you know, nothing in my house is worth dying over. And I completely agree with that. But at the same time, if they're coming to your house, how sure can you be that they're just there to steal your big screen TV? How sure are you there? They're not there to, you know, do something else. I mean, if they're going there to steal your Corvette, fine, let give them the keys and let them, let them run off. But what if my child time, is in the backseat of that Corvette? Yep. Or what happens if they go along and say, well, if you gave me the Corvette so easily, maybe, you know, I'll, you know, I'll go for other stuff. And that's where Sometimes all of they're a there sudden, to steal your children. Yep. And Sometimes that's where they're there could, to steal your soul. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you hear about, you know, uh, uh, sex traffickers, child traffickers, you know, all these different, you know, heinous crimes that are out there. And yeah, it'd be nice if they would come in and say, Hey, I'm just here for this. But if they're willing to break the law to break in your house, I don't I don't think you can honestly say that you can trust anything they say. And that's where being able to defend yourself is extremely important uh, along those lines for it. And that wasn't just, that wasn't something that happened 20 years ago. That just happened a couple of years ago with the pandemic. And I think everybody had those uh, you know fears. And again, this is where. Yeah, I talk to you know many people in the minority communities because in the minority communities, you know, they were impacted significantly hard by the uh, pandemic, and they were saying, "Well, what do I do?" And it's like, "Well, you've got to you got to determine what what are you willing to do." Um, you can get trained in you know firearms. You can get trained in in doing like OC spray. You can do do all these different things, but you got to get trained because it was just you know a couple guys coming in. You don't have any way to protect your spell yourself, especially if you are, you know, a small statured person. I'm six four, three hundred pounds. I'm going to be a little bit of a handful trying to trying to stop me from protecting my family. On the flip side of it, if somebody's five foot tall and hundred pounds, how hard would it be for that person to get pushed down to the ground and held there while whatever else goes on? And that's where you've got to realize that criminals are break the law they don't follow the law by definition and because of that you can't go along and trust well they're they're not going to do anything else it's like well what happens if they do 
how you know what are you what are you willing to allow them to do before you're going to fight back because i know this much um you know taking my grandkids you know take them take my wife those types of things i'd fight back pretty hard for that but i'd fight back for any child in my presence yeah. But, and you know, I think that's I don't want them getting anywhere that. near that to where I got to fight to keep them there. I'd rather ke- uh, fight to keep them out of the house than to go along and try to, you know, fight you know, them as they're trying to take them away. And that's where you've got to kind of draw those lines on a personal basis and realize that if you don't do something, you may not be there tomorrow for your family, for your wife, your spouse, your grandkids. Um, and if you don't do something, they might not be there for you. And, and the question comes down to, how would that make you feel? And what are you willing to do to make sure that doesn't happen? Those are you know, simple questions I ask all the time. We're facing some severe gun control here in Colorado, severe. And unfortunately, I'm one of those people that I don't really give a damn. I am going to fight. There is nothing that I'm afraid of on this earth. There's not one thing I'm afraid of other than losing my autonomy and Jesus, because <laughs> everything else I'm going to prepare for. I realize that life is precious and life is rare. And, you know, I'm a very blessed person. I have a beautiful family that loves me. We not we are very, very close. My brother is my heartbeat. My goddaughter, I, I look at her and I, I look at her and literally thank God and all the heavens above that they could create such a perfectly special human being. And there is nothing I wouldn't do in any aspect to protect her from any harm. There's nothing I wouldn't do. And people need to be reminded that if you can't feel safe at home, what do we do this for? What mm-hmm. do we work so hard for? What do we pay these, you know, outrageous fees and taxes and, you know, bust our humps to do? Don't, shouldn't you have a place that you feel safe? Shouldn't mm-hmm. you be able to have rest and peace in your life? And that's exactly the point is I, I do all of these things and my, my providers, the people that I love, my man, my man, I watch how hard he works. I watch how all the things that he does to make sure that I am treated with care and love and protection and and he to provide all the things that we have i'm the warrior you know someone comes in this house they're not going to this is my sanctuary i'm guaranteed safety in my own home do i believe in the in duty to retreat in my own home well i live in a castle doctrine state that says i don't have a duty to retreat but i also live in a state that they are going to assume that there's that you don't have a right to defend yourself with lethal force against property. Um, if you're in my house, how what, what how do I know what you want to do to me when you're in my house illegally mm-hmm. with uninvited entry and obviously you intend to commit a crime if you're in here doing that? You see what I'm saying? And yep. we're, people go out think that you can validate rationality in these laws. Criminals aren't working on rational thinking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. So and it's not going to apply. A lot laws they don't follow the laws. So what you know you can you can go along and make the law as stiff as you want, make it a you know double the punishment for him, and guess what? 
they're just they're still going to break it that's that's why we've got all these gun laws on the books and very few of them are ever enforced because the criminals just break them and then the prosecutors go along and decide well we're going to charge them with this instead of uh, of that and the funny thing that's is, is that the more gun laws that they create the higher violence and crime rises because all it's doing is protecting criminals from it's disarming their prey. It's like, oh yeah, please expose those tender little bellies. That's exactly what it's about. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm one of those people that it's like my cold dead hands. Yep, agreed. <laughs> well, hey, I will another, another question on your income streams. Um, okay. How do you, how did you find these different income streams that you've got? To go along, you said you, you know, really got the kick in the, in the pants when you went to the train to learn, but how did you make all these connections and, and build upon it to be able to do the personal appearances and coming up with your own brand image, th- those types of things? Well, I had to first be somebody people wanted to be around, <laughs> you know, like your, your brand and your personal integrity is what's very important is you have to, you have to be able to walk the walk. There's, um a fine line between being marketable and not being marketable. So you have to care about how you're representing yourself. So having the ability to look at yourself and say, okay, what if, what are people going to see when they see me? Okay. What do I stand for? And you got to go in that direction because people are, are not idiots. People can tell when you're not being authentic and people can tell when you're just selling them a gimmick. So if you want people to buy what you're selling, they really have to buy you. You know, they have to believe in who you are and trust that what you're saying is face value. Because if if I have no integrity, it doesn't matter what I'm sitting here telling you. It doesn't it doesn't hold the weight that it would mm-hmm. for you. So that's one is making sure that I'm, you know, I'm likable and I'm sellable. Second, it it came down to networking and asking people, you know, I, I looked around the industry and I said, who are the people that I respect? Who are the people that I look up to? And I sought them out and I asked them straight up, you know, how do you do this? What are the things that help you in this industry? And, and let them tell me if they're willing to tell me and creating that, those working relationships, it truly is not what you know it's who mm-hmm. because you can teach yourself anything if you're willing to invest the time and the dedication and be committed to that it really is who you know and building quality relationships and it also comes down to mentoring find somebody and this goes to anything in life if there's somebody that, say if you want to be the greatest baker in the world you want to make the greatest whipped cream and you want to make the greatest icing and the greatest cakes you find somebody that you feel is the greatest and and learn from them and be teachable and be malleable and check your ego at the door check your ego there is no growth that's ever going to come if you think you know everything Mm -hmm. yep and that is uh i definitely agree with that because uh, i want to be the best shooter you know, and I want to be mm-hmm. the greatest advocate. I want people to see me and be like, you know what? I like that little chick. I like who she is because even if you don't like me, I mean, maybe there's crazy people out there that don't have any taste. 
<laughs> but, you know, for most of the, mostly people like me. And the reason they like me is because I like me. And I'm going to meet you as me. And I, I want people to understand that. Like, I want to be the best shooter. I want to be the best advocate. So what did I do? I sought people out that I respected. And I wanted, I build those relationships that, hey, let me learn from you. How can I learn from you? And they have to be willing to receive me. And they have been. I, I'm pretty honored for the company that I keep. You know, shooting and actually training is really important to me. And I've shot under, you know, I, I, I've trained with people that, and I have personal relationships with people that I'm like, oh, my God, that's the greatest shooter of all time. You know, but it's because I seek those relationships out to maintain them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, correct me if you, if you don't think it's right. The majority of people in the two A industry are extremely open to building those kind of relationships. You can walk by, you can talk to, um, one of the, one of the ones that amazes me all the time is Jerry Mitchellack. I've had his wife on the podcast before, but Jerry will still sit there and have a five or 10 minute conversation with me at, you know, different events and things like that, which, you know, he is, you know, one of the, he is probably the best shooter of all time, especially between his age and what he's done in, during his career. I mean, he's a one hell of a shooter and comes from a hell of a hell of a family too. I think he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a partial to who I think the greatest shooter of all time is. Um, but do I think he is historically in the highest ranks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's hard to go along there down to one person just because is it one person who did it this year or one person in the last 10 years, one person in the last 50 years. And that's where I, I, I agree. It would be, he's in a very you know, small group of people that are at the top that have really made a big difference in the shooting industry, as well as in the, uh, in, in just the overall personality side of things. And for somebody like myself, when I, I go to, I go to many conventions that I can, and I can't really say there was anybody that I've met in the two, a community who was just like, you know, just stay back. Don't talk to me type of thing. Uh, most of them are very open, willing to, you know, shake your hand. What do you do? Oh, that's nice to know. And have a little conversation and a few people actually remember who I am for one convention next, which is one of those things where it strikes you to where it's like, wow, you know, they probably saw 10,000 people that last year and they remember me for some reason which yeah is a good which is a good thing but at the same time it, it does go along and show that they are looking for some genuine connection too to where you go along and ask them hey how's it going you know i saw that you know you know your your wife was having some issues or your kid just graduated from this you know having a little bit personal connection like that and it's a uh it's really kind of cool to be able to talk to them you know i don't you know like hang out with them you know, for nights after nights, but, you know, having a five or 10 minute conversation with somebody who's in the upper echelons of uh, shooting industry is uh, pretty cool. It It is, you know, I have, I've met a lot of, you know, really high profile people in this industry and, you know, there's a couple jerks in there. I won't lie. There's a couple jerks in there and they're all men. There's some real jerk women in this industry too. But they are a very, very small few, a very small few. And, you know, you, uh, you, when you attended train and learn, you, you got very lucky because you got, you get to meet a very 
niche group of individuals. It's a very mm-hmm. boutique style event. It's not a lot, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. There's only about 60, 65 people that are in attendance and then the rest are staff or, you know, vendors and things of that nature. So you get that quality time. You get, you know, to to be somebody amongst other somebodies that actually have a name. And that is what really, you know, did it for me is like the people that I met right away were all the right people. They were all good quality, salt of the earth people. And it just kind of gave that momentum to kind of perpetuate that because once you know good people, they introduce you to other good people and so on and so forth. And it just Mm -hmm. ends up being, you know, I'm a friend of that friend, then you are my friend kind of a vibe. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You've talked about your activism and things like that. How did you get involved with that? Because, you know, there's classes you can take, become an instructor, a range officer, you can go to conferences, but I've never seen something to say, Hey, if you want to be an activist, you know, sign up here for this weekend class. How did you get there into isn't that? anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't there think isn't. so. And uh, that's unfortunate. And I'm, I'm over here working really hard to change that. I, I'm doing my best to make that more of a, um, of a, a, a lesson or a, a guide to help people do that. I just think that a lot of people don't pay attention to the litigation side. It is the redheaded stepchild of our industry because it's not fun. It, there's no, it's, it's ugly, you know, it, there's, it's not the glamorous time on the range with the cool guns, bus and caps with, you know, gunpowder in the air and your hair flowing. You know, I mean, it's, there's not, it's not glorious. It's ugly. It's time consuming. It's arduous. It's, you're literally dealing with the most snake, awful gutter people of the world. Cause politicians are literally gutter trash people. I'm sorry. I have to say it. It's true. <laughs> and it's a, nobody wants to be a part of that. But what's happening is that it's hurting our community. It's, We're losing civil rights. And I guess what I could say is Kevin. Kevin's my heartbeat when it comes to that. Kevin is Kevin is the one person, Kevin Dixie, who makes me stay in this fight. And not because he pushes it on me or of any reason, but because he reminds me why I care so much when I hear him talk. And when I see him, because I see, I mean, I, I'm a minority and I don't want to use that as a crutch because that it really irritates me when people are like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Chicana and I'm a woman. So feel sorry for me. I don't have that mindset whatsoever. What I do see is my community. People are dying. Children are dying. People are so misinformed. They're uneducated. They're careless with guns. They're, it's treated as such a taboo thing and as something to be afraid of that we've lost connection to what it means to the tool being associated with empowerment and with liberty and, and, you know, and respect rather than something to be feared. Guns should be respected. Mm -hmm. And when you respect something, I think it becomes a side effect of respect is to be considerate and honorable with it and to treat things 
with the courtesy that they should be treated with when you respect them. And when I came into, you know, gun rights, it was because I, my father passed away and my uncle broke into my father's house. My dad was still alive or wasn't even alive. He had just passed away and he stole all our guns. He stole all our family's guns. And what did the law do for us? Nothing. What did the ATF do for us? Nothing. What did, what was, what was my justice? I hadn't any. And it made me realize that nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. They don't. They hate us all equally. So what are we doing to change that? Because this mm -hmm. is civil rights. These are natural rights. And, you know, I was having a pretty deep conversation with uh, KD. And he said to me, he looked at me, he says, you know what? You're my friend. He says, and I love you. He says, and you could have, you could have easily taken the popular route. You could have done, you could have been the gun model. He's like, you're, you know, you're beautiful enough and you're exuberant enough that you could have been the gun model. You could have been the gun bunny and, you know, did the glamorous range days and been the commercial and did all that stuff. He says, but instead you took the hard road. You took the advocacy side. You took the training route. You took the, the, the work that nobody wants to do. And he's like, and that is just really something I respect about you. And the reason I did it is because if, if someone lets this continue happening, it's their fault. And I'm a firm believer if, you are, if you're aware of something that is wrong, that is morally reprehensible, and you see it happening and you do nothing about it, you're part of the problem. You're worse than the problem because you are letting it happen. And that's just not who I am as a human being. I don't have that integrity. I couldn't live with myself, honestly. Mm -hmm. well, I couldn't Alicia, live with myself. I do have to say with everything you've described and, you know, we started talking about, you know, diversified income on, on the podcast and we've gotten into advocacies and things like that. You definitely have my respect too, for everything you've oh, done man. and for going along and putting up the fight because, uh, for those instructors who aren't familiar with what's going on in Colorado and Denver specifically, um, they don't have an easy road right now. There's, uh, they're losing uh 2a rights and uh everything's being blamed as in a lot of cases on the gun and at the same time you know people like alicia are going along and uh trying to educate the politicians that what they're doing is going to backfire at some point don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or the next day but they are uh, creating quite quite a uh quite a quandary for uh for the citizens and imposing upon uh their civil rights so appreciate what you do alicia that that is i really uh, appreciate sure. you thank you for you know considering me worthy of sharing your platform and your audience with me uh, that's a huge compliment to me so thank you very much i i really appreciate your support you know it's people invest in you how they can and you're investing in me by having me here so thank you i uh, appreciate it. well alicia you are our last guest for season six, uh, and we've got a question for all our season six. What do you want to be remembered for when you pass away? I want people to have a better life because I lived. That's what I want. I want people to, for generations after I'm dead, to have left the world a better place than I had found it. Absolutely. And there's a, a saying that, uh, is in in concrete in front of my college in front of the University of Colorado at Bold uh, at De in Denver. It says, 
You know, we did not inherit this land from our ancestors. We are borrowing it from our children. So that's everything to me is when people speak about me that they remember that I lived because I made their life better and I left the world a better place and I found it and I made the world a safe place for all the children of the world and that I healed the world in some way. That's great. Great, great one to end the seat or episode 26 on. Alicia, where can instructors find out about you and about train and learn? Uh, they can go to nootherchoice.com to training in the train and learn tab, and they can find that there. If you are interested in attending train and learn, I actually do all the admissions work and the registration work for Kevin for train and learn. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to uh, media at nootherchoice.com. Email us and we can get back to you or just go to nootherchoice.com and sign up for train and learn. Uh, you're more than welcome to email me, Alicia at boomstickbabe.com. If you're interested in attending, you can find me on Instagram at the boomstick babe. You have to type it all the way in at the boomstick babe because I'm a shadow man. Um, you can go to the X platform and find me there at boomstick babe. You can go to my website, boomstickbabe.com. All those places you can find little old me. Good. And I will include those in the show notes. So for those people that could not catch uh, where to get the uh, train and learn, you can go to the show notes and find it. And again, I've been to it last year, made a bunch of uh, great connections. And uh, when you go back and look at the, some of the guests we've had in season six, uh, they've been come, coming from train and learn. There's a great diversity of people that go to train and learn. And there is also a great diversity of information that you'll walk away from. Um, it's not just about guns. It's not just about, you know, advertising. It's about going along and, uh, making those, uh, you know, personal connections that really, uh, pay off. This year at train and learn is going to be very, very essential and special because not only is it going to be at Kevin's land that he bought at Greenwood in Atlanta for the first time or in McDonough, Georgia, we will have people there from Google, from YouTube that are going to be talking to you about those platforms. Like this year is going to be very, very amazing. And if you guys are interested in like affiliate programs and how to do those things, email me. I'm more than happy to share my resources with you too. I think that's one of the things in this industry that we need to overcome is gatekeeping, you know, certain access to people and opportunities in this industry. I'm all about helping other people succeed. It's not, and train and learn isn't just about if you're an instructor, if you're a blogger, if you have a podcast, if you have a product, if you make holsters, if you're a gunsmith, if you're any of these things that have to do with the freedom community, train and learn is for you. Amen to that. Because, uh, again, there's, there's big companies that were there, um, last year, there's going to be big companies there this year that are looking to uh, partner with people. And at the same time, there are small companies there that are trying to get noticed and trying to get influencers. And that's where it's a great event to, uh, spend some time, spend your Memorial day weekend and, uh, meet some people and make those connections. So Alicia, again, thank you for your time. Keep up thank the good you. fight. Um, it's, it'll be worth it in the end. Um, not everything's, uh, a bed of roses, but you know, even here in Ohio, uh, we've got our challenges and we've just got to keep, uh, pushing and making sure people realize, uh, these are rights that, uh, that they, are impacting with and and the criminals we've got plenty of laws on the books that say what you know we should do with the criminals i mean murder's been illegal since uh you know <laughs> beginning of time so how how many more different ways can we make it more illegal so, right <laughs> exactly 
Thank you, Alicia. Have a good night. Thank you, too. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you took away some uh, to-dos of your own from my conversation with Alicia, and you share some of that information with a friend. Uh, farm training is a business. It can be a tough business, but also, too, if you can diversify, you can weather some of the storms, uh, whether things are going really good right now or whether things slow down for whatever reason. One thing I want to bring to people's attention, if you listen to us, uh, Google Podcasts are going away, as I understand. A few of you have reached out to me and have asked where you can listen to us. Uh, remember, we are on uh, Spotify. We are on iHeart. We are on uh, podcast uh, platforms all over the place. If you can't find us there for some reason, you can always go to our, our webpage at www.firetrainerpodcast.com and listen to the current episode or any episode that we've uh, published over the last five years. And remember, you can also search for it. So if you're looking for income ideas, we've got more than one guest that have come on talking about different ways of enhancing your income for them. If you have suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. That can be suggestions for new guests, new topics, or just uh, want to go along and maybe get a few ideas for your business. Um, equal opportunity emailer, and I will uh, give you my thoughts for it. Remember, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also on LiveFire for enjoying the, the discussion for it. Visit our sponsors, especially Fire Trainers Association, FTAProtect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. You'll find out they've got top-notch coverage for it. They've got the leading trainers in the industry that helped create it and are part of it currently. And it would be great for your business to have FTA coverage. Remember, listeners get 10% off by using promo code FTP10 at checkout. We're bringing this podcast to you in support of the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, the fire instructors in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe out there, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.